Welcome to Revelation Warning, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Robert Thibodeau as he interviews prophecy experts from around the world as we discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy. All of this is to give the world a final Revelation Warning. Now, here is your host with this week's guest, Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Revelation Warning Podcast. We are so blessed that you're joining us here today. You know, as I say every time Tom Donna comes on, there is no doubt that the evening news is designed to give you anxiety and declare the works of the devil to keep you discouraged, worried, and filled with fear. I mean, just look at all the headlines that lead the news and all the various resources each and every day. Do you ever see encouraging headlines? No. They are always murder, financial problems, disasters, riots, and everything else. There's no encouraging words at all. Oh, I mean, every maybe now and then, if they have some time left over, then they'll put in a humanitarian story just to fill out the time slot. But it's usually at the very end of the program, never at the beginning. Well, our good friend Tom Don is back today, and he's heard th- some things from the Lord that is leading to warning after warning after warning after warning for us, for your family, for America, for the world right now. Taken individually, you wouldn't think much about it. But taken together and in light of God's word, you'd be ignorant in more ways than one if you ignored what Tom will be sharing with us today. So help me welcome back to the program. Tom Don and Tom, thank you for coming back on the program and sharing with us what the Lord is showing you in your prayer time, sleep time, and in your studies. Amen. Pastor Bob, I always look forward to this. No, and it's just like we were just talking about. It's as if God is feeding us uh, information for the appropriate time as the next step is getting ready to uh, t- yeah. uh, take place. Yeah. Amen. It's amazing. Amen. You know, liken it to, you know, a space launch, right? It's conceptualized in the architect's room. And then all these you know, hundred, maybe a thousand different companies had to make a little part. And that rocket will not go without that little part. It yeah. has to be made to specific, you know, specifications. Yeah. And, and it can't be, well, that's close enough. No, because close enough isn't going to fit into the slot that's designed for. It has to be exact, you know. Yeah. And when they put all that stuff together, you got the rocket on the launch pad, you know, and what happens then the countdown begins, you know, and if something is out of skew, they'll stop the countdown until it gets right. You know, but here we are, you know, the rapture, the the catching away of the church, the clock is ticking. All the parts have come together, you know, and here we are, on the launch pad of eternity. Praise wow. God, you know. But but first off, let's 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 just say you had some startling dreams recently to to pray for individual people that you know. And can you share a few of them just as we start the program off today? You know, yes. I'm glad that you brought it up. Now the thing is is that let's let's get the uh, preface out there first of all is that uh, if anybody has listened to our podcast before, is that I have dreams, visions, experiences, visitations from the Lord. I'm not seeking them. I want people to know they're not seeking them, but the Lord blesses me with them. 
Right. So now the topic that we're getting into here is uh, two specific dreams by which I was given a message to pray for people. Now, it did come up in a conversation last Thursday that somebody thought that I was talking about necolarpsy, which is seeking to speak to the dead. This is not that at all. That's outside of scripture, and that's very bad. This is where I just go to bed one night, and I'm not sure what's going to happen because, you know, stuff happens all the time. And so um, there was two particular cases where the first one was uh, back in October of 20, where my nephew, I had three nephews pass in, in nine months. That was pretty hard. They were all in their 50s, right? So the second nephew, um, he had a half an hour only wake, right? So I was going to be going there that day. But in the morning, I had this dream experience where someone is driving me in a car. Now, usually that's uh, bringing me to a place that I can't get to myself because I don't know where, where I'm going, right? But they do. So this guy is like driving down a side street really fast and he comes to almost a screeching stop. And it's like, uh, he looks at me like, okay, get out. I'm, I'm thinking like, what do you mean get out? You know, I don't even know where I'm at, right? So I looked at him several times and then I'm thinking, well, maybe there's an emergency vehicle and that's why he's getting out of the way. No, that wasn't the case at all. And then of course, the uh, that part of the dream ended there, that experience. But after my nephew's wake, they had a planned a dinner uh, for us as a group at his stepsister's house. So I had to follow the caravan, so to speak, over to uh, her house, which wasn't that far away. But it was in a bedroom community like I had just seen in the morning. Mm. And so I'm thinking, oh, wow. OK, so I'm putting it together. But then I'm socially involved, right? I'm socially involved with everybody. And uh, the food arrives and. And it's my uh, my brother-in-law's second wife. Um, it's mostly her family, right? And there's a lot of them. Now, so I'm there and I'm interacting and I'm looking at all of these people. And, and here comes back to that thing where sometimes I'm just, I feel like I'm a little slow, right? I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, wow, I don't pray for any of these people, mm. right? And so my brother-in-law, I'm sure, he wants his family covered in prayer. He wants to see them come to salvation. My sister-in-law, when I talked to her one time, oh, that's a great story. Let's just jump into that. It's a rabbit trail. We do those, don't we? Every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So my brother-in-law was pretty pretty seriously sick, and he was in the hospital in ICU. And um, I didn't go until Saturday. It was like, okay, now go. So I got up to ICU and my sister-in-law and her daughter are there. And I walk in and I look at my brother-in-law and I think, oh, gee, he's 15 breaths away from dying. Am I too late? So I can't have a conversation with them. And so uh, what I thought to myself is that, okay, I'll just pray. So I did the generational cycle prayer, you know, to break that off. And I, uh, and as I finished and I said, amen. His eyes popped open. Amen. There you go. Amen. <laughs> yeah. They were shocked. I was shocked. Right. And so what happened is that they thought, oh, wow. Okay. So we want to go get something to eat. So they left me alone. And, and I walk over to Bob and I, and I says, uh, can I pray for you? And he said, sure. So I'm holding his hand. And as I'm praying for him, what happens is that the compassion of God comes on me. Now, usually when I have that happen and I'm speaking in front of a church means is that I'm up there bawling my eyes out because of the compassion. 
And and the first time it happened, it was I was just so humiliated. I just get used to it now. So here it is, is that the compassion came on me. I'm crying. And as I'm crying, uh, what happened is that that compassion flowed into my brother-in-law. He felt the love of God, right? right? And he was strengthened by all of this. And so um, the next day when I uh, came back, I wound up praying with him for salvation. And uh, then they, my, my sister-in-law and her daughter says, wow, you know, it's a miracle because he was up eating and telling jokes, right? <laughs> this, this is a, a major transformation, right? So then eventually what happened is that he had his up and downs and eventually about seven months later, he did pass. All right. So now um, I never I at that point, he told me, he says, Tom, I want you to go out to my uh, out to Therese and and pray for her like you just prayed for me because I want her to experience that. Mm. So I go out into the reading room and I bring it up and there's no way she's interested in this. No God stuff for me. Right. So I just let it go until this message. And then I realized, oh, Bob, I'm sorry. I, I dropped the ball on this one. And then I started to realize, well, okay, so this is important, which leads to the second one, which happened just uh, in July, just before the uh, 4th of July, it was on the 3rd. As I'm falling asleep, I, I hear a voice. Now, and the voice was right right by my ear, like right next to my ear. And it, it it's unnerving, okay, right? <laughs> so hearing something like that. But I hear this one word and it's Richie, right? I only know in my entire life, one Richie. It was my childhood friend. It's also my other sister's husband's family, right? So I don't pray for Richie. I don't pray for his family. Now now I had worked my way through it with my other brother-in-law. And now quickly I understood, okay, this is another thing where I'm being uh, called to pray. And that's what I did right there. And then, you know, I started praying for, for him and his family, also for my brother-in-law and their extended family. Two of my uh, sister's children uh, are not saved. And so, of course, I'm always praying for them. But here's the thing. You know, we're talking about coming to the end, right? We're coming to the end of time where we're believing that the rapture is coming and how important it is for us on the earth, still in the human experience in this worldly environment, that I have uh, blessings of information to encourage me to pray because time is short. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yep. They're already there in heaven. And then they are saying, okay, well, all right, please. I don't know the Holy spirit, Jesus say, uh, okay, you're pretty good at getting time messages. Can you get him a message for this person or that person? Right. And this is what seems to be happening. So now it's nightly nightly. I pray for these people. So that they can have um, the benefits of the prayers and everything that is associated with it. Because I don't think we understand how important prayer is. And I'm starting to grasp that. Yeah, yeah. Prayer is definitely important. And basically, the end result of all this, you believe, is God calling all of us to pray, right? Yes, yes. And so, okay, so sometimes we just target target individuals because we know them or their family. No, um, I have been changing in our conversations, you know, it makes it apparent that we're converging. We're on a convergence here of end times that uh, I sometimes I will say, Lord, please release your Holy Spirit to navigate, circumnavigate the goal for mass salvations yeah. because we're, we're running out of time. Yeah. 
Amen. Amen. And all of this led you up to Wisconsin to pray. Right. So how did that happen? Or what did you do there? <laughs> yeah, that was a fun dream. It was a little bit long. Right. And it was um, the bride was coming down. Right. And coming down these stairs. And I, I won't elaborate what the stairs were like. And as she's coming down, there are gifts that are going to be released into the body of Christ. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is this is good. I like this because supernatural gifts and enable the kingdom to expand. You have somebody that has a heart and soul come into the presence of God and that barrier, those walls come down and then they become more open to receiving salvation. And that's the type of gifts that I see God is releasing. And so at the same time that I'm watching this unfold, I have a Dick Tracy watch on. Now, most people might not understand that, but in the cartoon character, um, he could talk through his watch like a phone. Well, of course, that's happening today. Mm -hmm. And so twice my phone goes off that the bridegroom had talked to the state of Wisconsin and now state, then now Wisconsin wants to talk to me. And the first thing I'm thinking, oh, this is probably not good. I'm not going to want to do anything to the state of Wisconsin. And then I had this message happen again. There were like voicemails that I'm listening to on the phone. Now, it's interesting that it's a, it's a watch because it's time, right? It's time. Now, I don't know what's going up there, but usually what happens was that when people are praying and they get the ear of God, I get these assignments to go and intercede in different places. This isn't the first time that this has happened. So, but Wisconsin is a little bit closer than going down to Florida or going down to Texas. <laughs> yeah. No. So um, I get in the car and I go up to Door County, which is one of my favorite areas in, in Fish Creek. And I go up there and th that evening and the next day it rained. So I got a lot of time to spend in the room and just pray. I don't know the significance of it. I will say that I did learn. We, you and I have talked about this before, about a gift that I know that is on all the time. And it's only to be used as directed. So I wound up using that gift only to find out that uh, I was up there not to intercede for um, the spiritual realm, but to release prayers to help come to that position, I right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, then, then I came home in time to to make sure that I could make make church on Wednesday night because they got a really good series going on there. So um, things are on the move. I like that. That's how important it is. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Oh yeah. As a yeah. whole. People need to pray not only for their families, but for the healing of the land. Amen. And this is what I think was happening there. Yep. Amen. Amen. You know, a pastor we're both familiar with, Jimmy Evans, recently had a YouTube video where he was discussing this <clears throat> great deception. Okay. Can you share with us the takeaways that he discussed? Well, all right. You know, we're living it. So it's it's happening right around us and not necessarily do we catch on to what it is that is happening. And that would be is that uh, the scriptures talk about uh, good being evil and evil being good. But it's how it's being portrayed. You know, the big thing is the fake media, right? The fake media, you know, don't you get amazed? They use words in an honest expression Maybe they believe it, maybe they don't, in an honest expression, conveying a message that is totally not true. Yeah, amen. So either people have to have critical thinking or they are deceived. And that deception is happening on multiple levels around the entire globe. That is what is so uh, striking. So that's what he's elaborating on during that, during that message. It was a good one. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there, there's no doubt that Satan is behind what we see as basically the destruction of this society. I mean, all the, all the wokeness is, is simply the devil showing all his cards, you know? I mean, why? Because he knows the soon return of Jesus is near too, right? Yes. He, he's read the book. He knows how it's supposed to end and he's going to do all he can to lift up his yeah. kingdom, the kingdom of darkness as a last ditch effort to stop Jesus from fulfilling scripture. Oh, we know it's not going to work, but, but that means anyone who opposes the kingdom of darkness automatically has a target on their back and will face the fury of Satan's minions whenever possible. In fact, did you see the news recently where an Irish teacher was jailed because she opposed all this woke nonsense? Uh, isn't that amazing? Because it was a Christian organization. Yeah, it was, exactly. It was in the, yeah. And so uh, it goes, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing the wrong pronoun because it's it's just not right. So uh, they let him go. You know, they suspended him. But he says, I've done nothing wrong. So he came back to work. And when he came back to work, that's when they arrested him and he went to jail. Mm-hmm. It's, there's just something wrong with this when you have uh, people being punished because of common sense. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I mean, it's 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 crazy is what it is you know i mean it, you can't god created them male and female if you have doubt about which one you are just take a look you know? I mean, that's as simple as you can put it you know especially on a public forum like this but uh you know there's no doubt that some of very tumultuous times are happening right now. And unfortunately it's only going to get worse before it gets better. And I believe you and I talked before about the stimulus money, the, the government was just printing from thin air before, you know, handouts to everyone, nothing back in it. And we discussed how this was going to lead to rampant inflation. I mean, there is no other option. And when you flood worthless money into the economy, the prices just go higher. It's almost automatic. I know just my wife and I, I mean, we're spending at least three or $400 more for groceries every month and expenses that than we were just six months ago. I mean, that's cut into our extra income that, that we use to do other things with. Now we don't go out to dinner or anything like that as much as anymore, you know, so that has a trickle down effect on other businesses that we used to go support, which means they don't have the cash to keep their operating expenses up. So they have to lay off workers. And now even more people don't have enough money. I mean, I've seen reports that some people have reverted to buying groceries on credit cards. I mean, think about that. You know, a credit card used to be used for like major purchases and then you pay it off. Now you're going out to survive using a credit card. I mean, have you seen things like that in the news? That is so sad. No, I don't know how long it's been going on, but it definitely came to my attention on that Timcast. I like watching the Timcast where those young 30-somethings get together and have conversations. And they were kind of like astonished that people are not only using their credit cards, but they're getting some kind of emergency pay uh, loans right, in order to be able to do that, which is a very terrible sign. Now, if you get back to the uh, dream that the Lord gave me in February 26th, where uh, we saw three waves of the financial system breaking up. The first wave was the ground was breaking up, and we've been seeing uh, today, we were talking about the rise in earthquakes in the Southwest Pacific. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Another round of earthquakes is happening. Yeah. You no, know? so this um, the view that I had was that that the ground was breaking up in huge pieces. Uh, then the second thing was is that homes were being swallowed up, uh, and you just mentioned it. They're losing jobs. People lose their jobs. They can't pay for their houses, and then they get right. repossessed. Yep. No, and so what the third one was is that there was some kind of huge shock wave that hits uh, America, and. Uh, Electricity gets knocked out. People are scrambling for food. Uh, gets bad for a while. Yeah, I don't know the duration, but it gets bad for a while. That's what's going to be happening as soon as we see the homes take, uh, getting uh, swallowed up. But in the interim, people are scrambling to do whatever they can just to have enough food on their plate. Now, here's a here's a meme that I saw the other day. All right, and it was this guy, you know, like me, old, overweight, right? And he's got like four plastic bags and a jug of water that he's carrying. And he says, I've gotten so strong, I can now carry $300 worth of food. Four bags. Yeah, we laugh. It's not funny, but it's it describes what we're in today. It really yes. does. I mean, you know, we, my wife, we used to go to the store and, and she spent like $100, $140 and have a basket full of her groceries. Now she goes in and spends two hundred dollars and doesn't even have a full basket. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just terrible. And, and, and we have to talk about this next part. I couldn't believe my eyes when I seen it. I mean, Satan's not even trying to hide his plans anymore. Did you see the address last week to the nation by President Biden when he said he was vying for the soul of the nation? You know, and and they set the background with satanic red. Uh, Can you uh, believe that? They're so bold. I mean, Satan doesn't even try and hide it anymore. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch it um, live, but I did watch it in um, one of the posts that was on um, YouTube. You know, and I watched the entirety of it there, and I was shocked. Yeah, you know. And the thing is, is that coming back to this, they're using words that sound really good, right? But they're not true. Mm-hmm. So they're they're building a case that. Uh, conservatives, they might say that they're MAGA, but they're, they're in a narrow sense, but it's a broader application that conservatives are dangerous for the country. Mm-hmm. Now, that's very serious. Now, you and I have been talking about this for a long time, right? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So it, what initially brought us together was my first book, Healing the Nation. And in yeah. that, I have a section, a chapter, which talks about what happens when the Constitution of the United States falls. And the first thing is the elitists take over, right? Well, now here we are, exactly. uh, 12 years later, yep. and the elitists are taking over. What's the problem? Is that I was a slave. It, they enslave a whole huge segment of the population, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Okay. And this is what we see taking place right now because it's the, uh, the conversation, the verbiage, the words, the sentences, and the topics that they're using are, are to make it okay to start Uh, moving on these people. And so if God doesn't show up and even more reason to pray, if God doesn't show up, we're in serious trouble. Yeah. Amen. I mean, you know, if you stop and think about it, that's the same pattern Adolf Hitler used when he first went to power, you know, separating the groups in two camps, you know, and, you know, they, they, here the Democrats are talking, you know, about, the you know the conservatives are the fascists 
But yet, if you look at the policies being imposed, the liberals are actually the fascists. You know, I mean, it, it's, you know, someone once said, I heard this a couple of years back, I can't, maybe on Sean Hannity or something like that. They said, if you want to see, oh, it, it was, uh, I can't remember the, the name of, of the organization that is a communist organization that everything is like their playbook. It's not the Marxist thing, but, but anyway, I said, accuse your opponent of everything you're doing. So they have to defend themselves. And when they defend themselves, it makes them look guilty type thing, you know, and, and you can continue doing what you're doing. But uh, because then when they come back and say it to you, you're just saying, you're just saying that because I already accused you of it type thing. Right? Yeah. But that's what we're seeing, you know. Yes, it is. And and it's it's our founding fathers have to be rolling over in the grave right now. I mean, they established these these principles, the checks and balances, and you know, the only thing we had going for us was the Supreme Court was outside of politics, and we see all the turmoil going on with the Supreme Court right now. That uh, you know, Congress wants to you know remove their legitimacy type thing and it's it's just not good for the united states right now and if that's not enough we've heard congress you know saying for years they're going to go after the rich to pay you know their fair share of taxes you know but they just authorized an additional funding for eighty-seven thousand new irs agents and gave them the power to use lethal force in the enforcement of their duties how can 87,000 agents be needed to go after the 1% that they, you know, that the liberals kept saying, you know, that they're the ones that we have to go after to make them pay their fair share. 87,000 agents to go after 1%. Did you see anything about that? That's so scary. You know, that's uh, the analogy of the frog being in the pot, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, when you hear this, you, you just can't believe that they're going to go down this path. There's no dying, denying it now. They're going down this path. Yeah. And if it's not stopped, uh, we're going to have people that are going to be scrutinizing our, our taxes for whatever reason. And the, just like um, what has happened with um, the president and the uh, Mar-a-Lago uh, incident, right? right? They just make something up as a justification to do it. So they might be IRS agents, but it doesn't mean that they are going to be following the rules like we're watching all over the country in order to make life uncomfortable for um, those that oppose their agenda. And this is the scary part that is, is either you're with us or you're not going to be with us and we're going to be controlling you. That seems to be very um, blatant in society right now. Yeah, it was what, 20 years ago? I think it was Bill Clinton's presidency when uh, they had the IRS doing something political. I can't remember exactly what it was right now, but uh, I remember there was a big uproar, you know, about using the IRS to go after your political opponents, and and the IRS yeah. had to back off because they yeah. weren't ready yet. That Satan had jumped the gun a little bit. But now, well, okay, like, oh, yeah, okay, we're good, we're good. Yeah, they can do that. Go after the rich. Yeah, but little do they know if when you say, you know. Yeah, I've got the mileage deductions on paper on written out. And then they come in five years later and say, show us your mileage deductions for this year's taxes. And you can't have it. Exactly. You're going to jail. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible. 
That is a potential yeah. as we're going down this path. And this is where, how much time do we have? Do we, can we reach the ear of God and him and he comes in and brings us extra time for the good of saving more souls? This is what I'm hoping. I thought I saw that in May when I was in the Grand Canyon on government land. I had that dream where like on a razor's edge, uh, the owner showed up and started taking back authority. No, and I'm hoping that that was a message and I've been praying into that message for some time now be able to have that because we have so many people that need the the hair of the gospel. But I'll tell you what, you know, like uh, in Illinois, you know, we got a lot of corruption here, you know, shock of all shocks. You know, <laughs> I think we've had more governors go to jail than any other state, you know. And so uh, it's a hard spiritual environment. And in order to really see a move of God, we need to have that Holy Spirit wave and that presence and it's hard to break through this atmosphere here, but we got a church right here in Joliet that is doing an amazing job. As a matter of fact, uh, yesterday when I was in church, Joliet First Assembly, I'm I'm watching every I'm a watcher, right? I, I want to see what's going on. And uh, then all of a sudden, I heard that soft, still voice. You ever hear that soft, still voice? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was almost too loud in there for me to hear it. And then I heard uh, God say, "This." is my church in whom I am well pleased. Mm, wow. Amen. Yeah. All right. Amen. So uh, I, I was absolutely amazed at that. And I was just so shocked because uh, there are, there are a number of churches out there that I don't think he's really too pleased with. Oh, you no. Know? Yeah. yeah. But in this particular case, it, it said a huge thing. So uh, people are being impacted by the spiritual presence showing up in visitations. And I'm, I believe that they're going to go to habitation. Now, when habitation happens, it's like the Holy of Holies where the presence is always there. And then people start coming and uh, receiving it and going elsewhere. Now, we need that on a huge scale. And it comes back to this convergence thing. If God doesn't show up to slow this down, uh, we have only a limited amount of time to reach people for their sakes. Now, let me tell you what happened when I was in uh, Taylor's, South Carolina. I was on an interview with uh, Pastor Annie Brighton. And... Uh, we were talking about stuff like this, right? Uh, that night, I had uh, two mini visions. Now, usually my mini visions, as I'm falling asleep, in between uh, being awake and being asleep, I will see into the spiritual realm and I'll see a message. And so as I'm falling asleep, uh, usually they only last a few seconds, right? And so as I'm falling asleep, I'm seeing people on a path that are walking along the road, Right. And so maybe it was like two or three seconds. And then I, I pulled back because it's like startling. And then as I fell asleep, now this one went on for some time. Now there wasn't 20 or 30. We're talking, you know, like 30 seconds of watching people go by. And that was the result of the conversation on there is that people are realizing, oh, this is like really true. Like you and I have been doing for two years now, trying to get people to see you need to have that strong foundation on the Lord. And people were getting off the fence and getting on the path and on their spiritual Amen. journey. Amen. And so this is what we're trying to get people stirred up to is to get off the fence and get it totally into the, the kingdom of God and walk out their spiritual journey because we need that strong foundation. Amen. Amen. And that foundation comes from the word of God, from committing yourself to the word of God. Not. How can I say this, Lord? Not the works of God. You know, God doesn't need you to do works for him. He needs you to be his work. 
you need to be used by God in God's work. You know, you can't say, oh, I'm going to do this for God. No, the way it needs to work is God says, I need you to go do this. Yeah. You know, you're, you're his workmanship. Yeah. Not the works you're doing for him. You are his workmanship. You know, exactly. He needs to, everyone you come across needs to see God in you, not you working for God. Well, that's true. I like that. All right. So, all right. I'm older, right? I'm older than you are. So the thing is, is that a lot, a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is that I I have no time to be going off in my own direction because that's that stuff that's going to be burned up in the fire. No. And I don't have any time to be wasting in order to that. So I need to hear clearly and then move forward. And that's a challenge in, in doing that. But yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we'll get back on on the topic of, you know, the state of, we'll call it the state of the union. Uh, The, you know, did you see that they even sent the FBI to corner Mike uh, Lindell in uh, Taco Bell or whatever it was and confiscate us out? Could you imagine being in the drive-thru? And they block in, I guess it was Arby's, they block in so you can't escape. The FBI jumps out of their cars and says, give us your phone. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? Yes. I, I was on my way back from Wisconsin when I was listening to that uh, YouTube. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, look, at they started at the top down. They did it with the president. I, people have all kinds of feelings about the president. But what they have just done was set up presidents because it's not been done before. Yeah. Right. So they made an excuse. I'm, I'm concerned that they made an excuse. And now they're going after um, people who have supported him. The uh, subpoena for his lawyers, you know, it's an intimidation thing where, okay, we're going to, if you even think about voting for him or supporting him, we're going to show up at your door. It's an intimidation process because they know that if he gets back into the race, he knows he's going to get the votes. And so therefore they're trying to scare the living daylights out of anybody that's considering the voting for him. And that is that is terrible. That is a huge, huge red flag that this is not the America that I grew up in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Far from it. You know, my wife asked me the other day if I thought that president would President Trump actually run again. I said before the 2024 elections, they will indict him on something, even if they don't have any proof. I mean, his case will get dismissed. They're going to indict him just so he can't run, you know, and, and then once the election, well, the, the Republicans nominate whoever, you know, then maybe the, well, you know, we're just going to dismiss the charges, but they will do whatever they can to make sure he cannot be on the ballot. And that's the thing. Well, here's here's the part that gets me so concerned is the deception part. Yeah, because the the people who there are a a good portion of the population, you know, let's let's just throw out a number of 25 percent that buys this hook, line and sinker. Then you have those that are indifferent um, and uh, don't really care, which is a shock, because how can you live in today's society and be indifferent? No. And then you have those that are rallying to try to bring change. And to bring the changes is that they they want to see different people in leadership. 
And those that are in leadership, they don't want to lose their jobs because they know if they lose their jobs, they're going to be in trouble. So um, it's a vicious power struggle oh, that yeah. we're watching take place. Yeah. And so that's a, um, a serious concern. And I know I said that a bunch of times, but we're <laughs> in troubling times. Oh, amen. Amen. You know, it's definitely light versus dark. You know, I mean, it's like, as we said in the beginning, darkness is trying to play their hand right now. And you see it all over. Matter of fact, as we get ready to close, did you see the video that Pastor Jimmy Evans posted uh, interviewing Josh Peck, someone we're both familiar with, and uh, theorizing that the uh, that that inter- molecule collider or whatever uh, the the organization called CERN, but it, that was built over the door of what they are claiming is the infamous abyss from Revelation. What do you think about all that? Well, okay, so it's like being fed information at a proper time to escalate the time frame, right? Because if we are getting close to the end of the age, right, and doesn't it say in Revelations that the door of the abyss is open and then all these horrible demons come out? You know, what I have learned is that uh, in times past, uh, it's changing now, though, in times past, uh, the United States has not had to deal with severe levels of demonic powers, We've been a Christian nation for a long time, and because of that, we have our problems, but it's not as bad like being in Africa or or other places where, you know, Nepal, I know, is is, uh, spiritually um, void of God's presence for the most part, right? But now what's happening is that we're seeing this escalation of demonic warfare, and uh, it scares me. Because when I have these, when I'm praying for places, if I get it wrong, I'm now confronted by these territorial spirits and it's not pleasant. But then I realize just how bad things are. Now, demons hate human beings and they want to do everything that they can to uh, make sure that we don't gain what they lost, yeah. which is heaven. No, and in heaven is the, is the goal. And of course, being in the saturating love of God is uh, going to be a blessing for all of eternity for us. So therefore, the wages of the the fight is increasing. And in that increase, you have an escalation of the demonic warfare. And now we find out that they built CERN over um, a Roman city that was named for that abyss. And then they built CERN on top of it. So that's that's pretty amazing information. And and normally when there's some type of construction going on and they come across an archeological dig, everything stops. (laughs) Yeah. And they're going to take years to excavate these ruins, you know, and, you know, they didn't do that there. They just said, move them. (laughs) Keep digging. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that falls right into the timeline. Doesn't it? Yeah. We see the escalation and then uh, let's just throw this in there. And that would be about the arrival of five heifers in Israel. Oh, yeah, right? that just happened. Yeah, amen. Yeah, that's just like yesterday or the day before, right? So what is the significance of that? They need a perfect red heifer, which means if there's one white hair or a different hair color, it's not perfect, right? They can't pluck it out. They're not going to do that. It has to be perfect. And, and what they're saying is that they have five that they believe are candidates for perfect red heifer. It will be sacrificed so that it can be used for the uh, ceremony of anointing the new third temple, yep. which plays yeah. into the end times. Yep. And 
with all the trouble going on in Israel right now and, you know, the, the Jordan and, and, you know, the Palestinians and all that, this is the olive branch of, well, let them have their temple. You can have your temple and, you know, and be both of you can be up there on the temple Mount and that's what they're waiting for. You know, I mean, this again, it falls right into the timeline. It fulfills scripture. Yes. There can be no argument that the Bible is 100% accurate. Yes. Not at all. You know, it's just a matter of the timing. And again, you know, we talked about before the the asteroid Apophis and, and the year 2029, which just happens to be seven years from now. And then NASA came out and said, oh, no, 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 it's not going to impact this. Don't worry about it. You know, there's a possibility on its return trip, it'll get closer, but we're not sure about that one yet. Well, seven years from now, it's 2036. So, you know, either way, it's a seven-year tribulation period. Now, is it going to be starting 2022? I mean, we're not done with this year yet, you know, or is it going to be, you know, somewhere in between? Yes. It doesn't matter. Because someone listening to us right now may not even see 2023. They may not see October 1st. We have no control over the moment when you have to stand before Jesus. And and, as we've been talking about sharing about the end days and things happening every night on the nightly news and, and prophecies are concerned related to the return of Jesus, everything that's happened with the everything that needs to happen has already happened except the rapture. I mean, that's the only thing remaining is the rapture and it's about to happen again. Is it going to be 2022, 2023? Who knows? But you know, these are definitely exciting times to be living in despite all the bad happening around us. Why? Because we are going to be able to usher in the return of our king. And we've been watching, uh, you know, the burial or the funeral of Queen Elizabeth. Well, you know, they've anointed King Charles now. Well, we're going to be ushering in King Jesus. Amen. And he's going to restore all things under his authority, not our government's authority, not under Russian authority or Taliban authority, or but his kingdom authority. Amen. Uh, Tom, if someone is on the fence and they're wondering, man, I really don't know if I'm saved or not, or, or all this sounds, wow, it all makes sense the way they discussed it. I need, I need to get saved. That's what I need. Tom, can you pray for them right now? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Now, Father, we lift up to these, uh, lift up to you, these people right now. And we ask that you'd cover them with the blood of Christ on the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, that you'd station your strong warring angels and ministering angels around them, that you would bring an envelope of your presence to surround them, Father, soften their hearts, open up their ears to hear, their minds to perceive, their eyes to see. And we ask that that you would bring them into salvation. Now, um, to invite Jesus into your heart and life, please pray with me. Dear Father God, I thank you for your son, Jesus, and the work he did on the cross. He shed his blood to pay the price for all sins. I say, Father, I am a sinner. I am sorry for the pain my sins have caused you. Please forgive me. Now I invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart and into my life 
and I want to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I appreciate that, Tom. Praise the Lord. I mean, folks, if you prayed that prayer with Tom Donner right now, let us know. You know reach out to Tom down in the show notes. Tom, how can someone get in touch with you? That would be through my email, which is healingthenation1776 at gmail.com. Amen. So, you know, reach out to Tom down in the show notes. Just click the link right there. You can email him and they can order your books for free, right? Uh, the Zoe Healing Center. Zoe Healing Center, there is a book tab and there are several free books there. And three of them are mine. One is Healing the Nation, which started the, my authorship, and then two other novels that are on there. Plus, if they wanted any of the other books, they can um, order them through there. Amen. Amen. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Tom, Don, and myself, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to Revelation Warning with Pastor Robert Thibodeau and his guest expert on Bible prophecy as it relates to current events. This podcast is not designed to invoke fear, but concern. Help us to make everyone aware that the soon return of Jesus is close at hand by clicking the like, subscribe, and then share buttons below. Share this episode with your loved ones, friends, and coworkers. For more information on our ministry, please visit podcasterforchrist.com and be sure to come back next week for another episode of Revelation Warning.